Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's the best war that's ever happened? Sorry. What kind of question is that? What do you I, mean? Well, there must be war that you go, okay, no, got to be. What war, if you could have, you had to live through one war or fight in one war, what would it be? I'd want to, it's a war where I'm on the side where no one died and the other side, everyone died. Yeah, of course. Wait, that's a genocide. I don't want to commit no. a genocide. <laughs> yeah. I want to commit a genocide. The Year Is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to The Year Is podcast, the podcast where every episode we travel back to a year in history. We talk about the weirdest, the most interesting, the strangest things from that year. I'm Bobby Mayer. This is Red Richardson. Uh, I didn't know if you'd changed your name. No, it's still the same. Do you always, is that how you say your name now? Yeah, yeah. Just give it, make people go, oh, this guy's got something about him. I do it in the doctors as well. What's your name? Red Richardson. Yeah. That's nice. No, thanks. Anyway, what's going on? I read something this week and it mm-hmm. made me think of, it made me think of us. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you what I read. Porsche billionaire files from di- for divorce from elderly wife due to her dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite news story yeah. I think I've read ever. I don't think he has to do that because I hate to say it with dementia, he probably could have had an affair. He could have strayed. Yeah. And also, you don't have to leave, the, you know what I mean? Maybe you have a different house for your other wife he's a billionaire so you have a you get a new wife keep her as the girlfriend and then just have a a hedge around her house and you go never go behind the hedge like the, the truman show the sub headline's quite sympathetic it says william porsche 79 he's called william porsche no sorry wolfgang <laughs> porsche wolfgang as i didn't, he, mean, to, as I didn't mean to make him sound like he has a normal name his yeah. name is wolfgang porsche and is he did he inherit the porsche dynasty who the fuck knows? If I invented the Porsche, my kid's name would be Wolfgang. It's funny because the Porsche is the classic midlife crisis car. Yeah, we've, we've talked about the Porsche on this. And this guy is, I mean, he's not at midlife. No. And also, just to say out loud, like, oh, why are you leaving your wife? Oh, she has dementia. <laughs> it's so bleak. What a piece of shit. And the new woman... Must just be like, well, I better not get in a car accident because guess what? This guy's not sticking around. Se- he's 79. The wife's 74. What a piece of shit he is. <laughs> he's just, he fell in love. He can't help himself. Uh, what's he saying? <laughs> yeah. He fell in love. But he's got, uh, I don't know. It seems like 
It seems like he could have done this without the divorce. So he says her poor health has changed her personality. So he's like, listen, you've got dementia now. You real You're drag. always forgetting things. Mm-mm. Just asking me, uh, you know, when you get to go to school. It's really boring. I'm not into this anymore sexually, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I think probably once you're about dementia, maybe you cut off the sex part of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. And he, he doesn't, but he fell in love with somebody new. So they've been together since 2007. So that's still 16 years. Mm-hmm. So they got together when she was uh, 58. And now she's 74. And she is being put out to pasture. Mm. But with all the, yeah, with all that money, he could have done a lot that isn't this. The grandmother has been living closer to her daughter for almost two years and now requires four carers to, who attend to her all hours of the day. <laughs> he could have just waited till she died. Yeah, easily. <laughs> easily. And with the new wife must just go, uh, surely this is a testament to his character. Bad, you know, testament. The news comes that Wolfgang, he's been getting closer to his friend of 25 years, Gabriella. Princessin Zu Leinengen. Mm. And I checked. That's how you say it. She better not get dementia. That's that's a hard surname to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's going to forget her own name first. <laughs> What's your name? Gabriella Prize. All right, I'm leaving yeah, you. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I just forgot my own name. It's really long. Wait, is that the new woman then? That's, that's the, the new long... woman. Okay, okay. She's 59. Yeah. So she's she's like the same age the last wife was when he married her. Can you imagine going on a date and you go, oh, well, you know, I'm with me and my wife are together, but we're splitting up. And, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Why, why is she cheated on you or is she just not? And No, she has dementia. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to be around for it. Don't you want to, like, take care of her? I know. No. Or just fucking use your billions to have everyone take care of her and have a, a secret house, I hate to repeat myself, but for the new woman. I can't remember who it was. Orson Welles or some big Hollywood guy used to have a tunnel from his house and he had a secret like flat across the road where he would have his mistresses so he'd go down into his study say i'm gonna do some writing and then there was a door that went through a tunnel through his garden and out the other side and he could have his affairs there could have done that make the uh house dementia and affair friendly so he currently resides in Austria, has four children, two of which he shares with his ex-wife, director and screenplay writer Suzanne Brezer, who was married from 88 to 2008. So, I mean, and the she guy got a brain is chronic. Tumor, so he left her. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm going to see if she's dead. Her but... mum died and I couldn't deal with it, so I left her. <laughs> yeah, he, he jumped ship quick. The whole point when you marry somebody is to be like, yo, if you get ill. Yeah. I take care of you. That's the deal. No, of course. The deal is that you kind of agree, mm. hey, we'll help each other out in in the gross ways that yeah. no one else wants to help a person out. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. That's why you do it. Yeah, just to be like, nah, I'm yeah. going to go. The whole, like, first dates and looking nice and hiding all your horrible traits in order to dupe someone into a relationship, that's all because... You one day want to be able to shit yourself and and not, you know, have someone ditch you for it. Yeah. But the heart wants what it wants, mm. you know? I mean, the new lady probably doesn't go to the doctors. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, I found, I found a lump, but I can't check it out because he might fucking dump me. <laughs> but it's a very Porsche behavior, I've got yeah. to say. Yeah. And without that sort of simple-minded selfishness, uh, we wouldn't have the Porsche because the Porsche is that in a car, isn't it? 
The Porsches are very, oh, you've got dementia. See you later. There's only two seats in this car. And the other one's for my new woman. Do you think he considered thruple? No. It'd be an unconventional thruple. One woman is bedridden dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one woman... is not really a thruple. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of abuse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the inventor of the Fiat or something. What's a reliable, sturdy car? The Honda Civic. I was going to say VW, but we know where that VW. Comes from. Oh, yeah, they came from the Nazis, didn't they? Yeah. I love the people who are always like, well, Hitler invented the Gulf. It's like he didn't himself. You know yeah, what that'd I mean? be amazing. <laughs> he didn't have the time. He had a lot to do. Busy guy. Yeah. But it's not the VW, Jody. We need a different reference. But I wonder if they are. Yeah, Honda Civic, the guy who, you know, Wolfgang Honda is out there just staying reliable with his partner from 16. Another article about it, the, the headline was Porsche billionaire divorces wife over her dementia and moves in with young model. Mm. Okay, you're like, wow, young model. And then you get down and he's moved in with a 59-year-old. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's not really a young, a young model. <clears throat> no. It's a, it's a young diaper model. Like, that's he, a young model for someone. He dumps them when they get to 70, doesn't he? He's like the opposite of DiCaprio. Yeah. He just loves women in their 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, a woman in her 60s knows she w- what she wants and she still has two yeah. good hips. Yeah, 70s, get out of here. Yeah, buddy, I-, I need to be able to fuck them without worrying about injury. <laughs> Have you seen Cher's going out with a like 36-year-old? Really? It's gross. But it's gross because it's like, it's this guy who was married to Amber Rose, who's Kanye's ex and mm. stuff. And like cheated on her loads, and then you just see him with Cher, and you're like, "This is just looks bad," you know. Not even from her, from him. It. I you always just think, "What's this little con artist up to?" I do anyway. If I get dementia, I just hope that I want, will be pushed out on an iceberg. Mm, to freeze to death. That, well, that's what they always do. That was the that was like the the urban legend, or that's what they did in like some Inuit communities. What and push you out? They put old people on an iceberg and just push it. Oh, that's push. so brutal. That's horrible. No, but it's. I don't want to be pushed out. They just say bye, and you don't really think about What's where they're going. What's wrong with just keeping them in bed until they slip away? No, but it's it's more There's not enough it's space more... in the igloo. Listen, have you ever slept in an igloo? No. No, I haven't either, Jody. No. No. Ah, that's a thing we could all do together. Igloo sleep. It is a thing we could do together, but it's, it's you know. It's not something we will do together. I don't want to be that cold. Yeah. No, I don't either. What, what's your house insulated with? Cold. We my go... house is insulated with cold. We should go for a sauna. Oh, by the way, what's your birthday present? Um, it's my birthday, January the 30th. Bobby says that we, I have a present, but we don't know what it is. Do you want to reveal on the pod? Well, you... I'm assuming it's a sauna, is that there it? Was a, there was a 20-day moratorium on the present, and you never claimed your present. <laughs> well, I never got told. <laughs> I told what you. What was it? I said, tell me when you're free, I'll take you. I'm free all the time. No, you, you know never that. gave me a day. You didn't when, specify. What, what, I'm a busy guy. I'm a it? father. I'm a podcaster. I'm a comedian. Yep. I'm a lover of film. I'm a lover of people. I'm a mm-hmm. lover of books. I'm busy. And you are very busy. I'm a, a reader. I'm an author. And what was the last book you read? We don't need to go into it, but no, the reality is, I'm very busy. Yeah. I I've started I've started a plank business. Yeah, I sell planks now. Okay, that's good. Um, I I I have some shirts I'm gonna sell. I've been thinking about that. They're mm-hmm. all old T-shirts. I think I get at least a pound for each of them. Go on eBay and sell them. Yeah, so I've got a lot going on. Um, there's a couple cardboard boxes. I'm not sure if people give me money for. 
I'm actually really broke. Okay. Yeah, so, but your present, that's what you wanted what to know it? about. What was it, yeah. It wasn't anything, was it? Okay, look, there was a present. What Did, was it? Okay, I was going to take you to a sauna. Yes. You yeah. were going to, but that's doesn't, there's no expiration date for saunas. Why could there it was, was, there is a mental expiration date. It's not fun to take. <laughs> you a, have 20 minutes to it's claim It's not this. fun. <laughs> Listen, sometimes that's how it works. Like you, You're like Tyson Fury when he goes, I'm going to fight you on June 1st. You've got the next two hours to sign the contract. If you, if, okay, if you win the lottery, they you can claim your ticket. To, you can't just claim your ticket 50 years later, can no, you? No, it's expired. Okay. So well, you won <laughs> the birthday lottery and, but yeah, if you, okay, look, if you really want, do you really want to go to a sauna? Yeah. But I'm not sure how you'd be in a sauna. But sadly, you, you know, you're not going to talk to Jody, when's your birthday? Uh, 4th of July. Oh. So, so sadly, Red, your birthday present has expired, but Jody can get a pre-birthday present where he goes to a sauna with me. I'm in Spain for your birthday, Jody. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's a shame, because I was going to gift you my present from Bobby. What did he get you? Uh, no, as in my trip to the sauna, I was going to give you. Oh, okay. My yeah. So you're going to gift it back to Red. And oh, then well, yeah. Bobby's got a present Ponzi scheme going. <laughs> he just passes them around. And there's nothing there. Well, it's the idea of fun. Can we have a little... Uh... I think we can all agree that the idea of fun is actually usually more fun than the fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If someone says, do you want to go to an amusement park, you're excited about the idea of going, and then you get there and you puke on a roller coaster. I don't know. I think doing the thing can be good. You're, you you <laughs> would think that, though, as the person who, who wants the thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. I just want to fill everyone in. We had a comment that said, um, Am fam on the Spotify. And Jody, uh, try, explain to me. Jody, you want to explain what? It, or should I read out your message? Well, you can read out what I was responding to. Yeah, we, we need the context. I said, "What does Amfam mean in our year is group WhatsApp?" Okay, My, so you were asking what it meant. Yeah, I was. Why were you meant. asking what it meant? Because what does Amfam mean? That okay, makes no so sense. I was giving you an answer because you didn't know what it meant. You didn't. I didn't know because you, you were being stupid. <laughs> well, no, Amfam means nothing. Jody then wrote, "Amfam clearly means something because they wrote it down." Okay, Jody wrote, if that was the intended message he meant to write and didn't get it and, and it didn't get cut off, fam is slang for family or close friends. So if that was the intended message, I interpret it to mean I'm one of your people, slash, I'm one of you, slash, I like you, slash, I feel you, sort of thing. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. The thing is, I know that Jody has been experimenting with AI. He's been, he's been putting a lot of things into the AI robots, and sadly what happened is the AI has become Jody. Jody is yeah. now an AI. We had another message from Richard uh, Grinham saying, love this episode, always my fave podcast. Richard, we love you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's just uh, an insight into the crazy world of the Year Is WhatsApp group. Right. Well, yeah. I, I also put it to our Patreons. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to come after me about <laughs> you, this. Well, yeah, yeah. To, see, to get some backup Well, I know what fam means, obviously. Okay. I, I'm I, fucking, I'm out there, Jody. Don't worry about this that. This is what our Patreons suggest. Mm. Uh, uh, super genius Christopher said maybe he was having a seizure. What the guy? Yeah, Amfam. Yeah, yeah, maybe that. Uh, Dominic, uh, he said I think he meant Amdram, so he's imagining Kurt and R. Kelly because that was the episode. Kurt and R. Kelly acting out the last hanging in Australia with low budget costume and set design. Okay, that's S that's experimental and yeah. thoughtful. Thanks. Stephen says uh, definitely a teenager. Yeah. And Sophie, which is probably uh, the winner and probably what this guy meant, she said, amazing. 
Am is amazing. So oh. amazing, fam. Oh, I, well, that's now a great comment. Yeah. What's the guy's name? Um, it, the guy was Sophie. N- no, the guy read who gave the comment. His name is Jacob McKenzie. Well, you're amazing too, fam. There we go. Sort it out. When you say fam, it really hurts. Like, I know, it it's horrible. It's not good. It's like uh, Matt Hancock saying, bruv, you know? Or Yeah. I have the voice where we should be banned from certain words. Yeah, any kind of thing that isn't like really down the line English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing, interesting thing happened this week. So last week um, was about Canoe Man. Yeah. This week, we got a new Patreon sign up called John Darwin. Ooh, wagwan with that, guys. <laughs> Is that. <laughs> uh, it, it, must can't be. Be. <clears throat> it must be. What? It can't be. You think this is actually the guy? Why haven't you been told this already? I suppose you save it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Really? Do you think it might be him? I, I hope it is. How funny would that be? The canoe man listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> and he's giving us his money. So, Jody, just send him a message and say, are you the are guy? Are you John Darwin? Yeah, let's do that. John Darwin, I don't care if you are the canoe man or not, but I really hope you are. I, we want to have you on. Yeah, we'd actually. that would be a great episode. John Darwin, are you the canoe man? Will you come on the podcast? And if your name is John Darwin, will you pretend to be Canoe Man and <laughs> yeah, come on the yeah, podcast just, yeah. and just lie? But John Darwin might not be. He's in the Philippines, I thought. I wasn't remember he? checking our thing. Like you can see view, listeners and viewers around the world. We do have a couple people in the Philippines. Fuck. So maybe he's listened to us the whole time. That's amazing. And we, the, the episode about him tipped him over. I don't know if we were very flattering about him. I, I remember being flattering. I don't know. We talked about his kids hating him. He was horrible to his yeah, wife. Yeah, but maybe he hates his kids. Yeah, maybe. You know, those bratty little shits. John, yeah. we've got your back full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you this need. This is how we treat any patrons. We have blind loyalty no matter what they've <laughs> yeah. done in their life. Blind loyalty. Vladimir. P- oh. <laughs> okay. Well, homie, what's bit sorry? Oh, God, please. <laughs> Cut that out. Jesus Christ. No, that's the clip. Excuse me uh, while I walk into the fucking sea. Oh, my God. Okay, you're banned, Jody, from saying that's the clip. Jody yeah, is banned yeah, from that. I tired that one out. Jody, you're banned. That's that's now, like, officially banned. Yeah. And you're banned from that. The world's number one history comedy podcast. Bobby, take us back in time. Okay, with the noise again, unnecessary. We landed in the ocean. Oh my god, where are we? We're going back to 1916. Ooh, one year before the movie, 1917. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I love the movie 1917, but I didn't know anything about history. Wait, what happened that made these people want to have all do all this fighting? Yeah, what was going on? I should check out 1916. Yeah. I didn't really learn that much. Okay. There was a world war going on. World War One, Bad war, I hear. I hear it was a bad time. One no. of those bad wars. Listen, we all know about World War One. What's the best war that's ever happened? Sorry. What kind of question is that? What do you I, mean? Well, there must be war that you go... Okay, no, got to be. What war, if you could have... You had to live through one war or fight in one war, what would it be? I'd want to... It's a war where I'm on the side where no one died and the other side, everyone died. Yeah, of course. Wait, that's a genocide. I don't want to commit no. a genocide. <laughs> yeah. I want to commit a genocide. Yeah. No, but I want to be in a side where I'm likely to have survived it. Yeah. That's my selfish point of view is I want to make sure I make it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. that does mean I'm slaughtering someone else. You want to be really on the right side, don't you? 
But the right side usually doesn't mean you have all the guns and the other people have no guns. That's yeah. not the right side. Then you're probably on the wrong side if... You're definitely on the wrong side of a war if you lose no soldiers and they lose all their soldiers. Mm -hmm. That's just a slaughter. There isn't a good war, is there? No. There's yeah. wars we frame. We love to frame World War II positively for ourselves. Well, it was. We beat Hitler. Yes. Yes, Am that's I true. right? <laughs> we. I love the pejorative we. we. Well, what the if, fuck did you do to beat Well, Hitler? I'm sorry. If we have to take the blame for bad things in the past, we could also take the praise, you know? So you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we beat Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're also saying we enslaved most of the world. Well, that's that's the bad. I just imagined you enslaving the whole world and then fighting Hitler. Well, that's the bad, but you know, if if I take the blame for terrible things that my countrymen did hundreds of years ago, surely I can take the credit for the steam train or William Shakespeare. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. We wrote <laughs> Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, have it, I have as much involvement in Macbeth as I do in the Crusades. Yes. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rough with the smooth. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, after the week we've had, I don't know why we're talking about any of this. Let's carry on. I was looking up, so what the, maybe the best war was the shortest war. What was which that? I was thinking, I'm surprised we haven't covered it. The Anglo, the little-known Anglo-Zanzibar War of I love you just said, I'm surprised we haven't oh, covered it. We did it. cover it. Like we're yeah, a okay, I thought I recognised it. How yeah. long was it? 38 minutes. What the fuck? We did cover it. Imagine dying in that war. We did cover it. We did 1896. You go, if, if yeah. I just took 20 minutes with my bulletproof jacket on, I would have survived. <laughs> what, and how many people died? It's just going to be a massacre, obviously. Yeah, it's that's just not a, a massacre. War. It's in Zanzibar. Yeah. That's the thing, because it's like a school shooter saying what they do is a war. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, no, no. You just ran and shot people for 10 minutes, you psychopath. Uh, one British soldier was wounded. And what was he called? We need to pay homage. <laughs> <laughs> to the one. No. And it's on, like, that's on, like. Sorry, and on the Zanzibar side, 500 killed or wounded. Okay, that's yeah, just a that's massacre. Not not... Yeah. And how's our wounded guys? Are you right? Oh, now? God. Man, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. should send him a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, that's not a war. And also, 1986, it just sounds like. 1896. 80. It sounds even more like we had more guns than them. Yeah. It also didn't sound like a war. It sounds like an uprising that was crushed by oppressors. Yeah. You can't call that a war. That's like yeah. a bully yeah. smacking someone in the head and him saying, can you please stop doing that? And him battering him. Going, yeah, you were oppressing Zanzibar. Yeah, basically, uh, that's what happened. And then we won the Second World, and we won the First World War as well. Yeah. And the World Cup. Um, <laughs> what a great, great country. <laughs> yeah, you, you believe that in your, in your yeah. court. Um, go on then. So 1916. 1916, the prequel to the movie. Yeah. Um, it. I. I found so many. Okay. I'm just gonna start with this. In 1916, Lewis Enright claims he has a substitute for gasoline. Mm -hmm. Now, as you can, you know, we're all still around. Gasoline is killing it. Yeah. Today. Yeah. We're trying to get rid of it. It's staying strong. They even make jackets where they have gasoline written on them. Have you seen them? Uh, I, I didn't Formula know that. Formula One. Yeah. People. Yeah. That's how popular it is. Yeah. Who's paying to advertise <laughs> gasoline? <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah. Okay, Lewis Enright was a, so he was a U.S. inventor, mm -hmm. and he claimed he said, "Yeah, I've invented a substitute for gasoline." Was this like your COVID vaccine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I no, I, yes. Well, I thought maybe I could. I did yeah. some googling, and I thought I could beat it. Yeah. So in 1916, during World War One, Enright announced he had invented a cheat substance that 
added to ordinary tap water mm. would be a substitute for gasoline. What? So he just said, I've invented this substance. You add water to it and it's better than gasoline. Okay. And what did it work? We'll get there. Okay. So uh, so he got people's attention because that's quite a bold statement. Yeah, yeah. To be like, wow, we could wait. We'll have a fuel that all you have mm. to do is just add water to it. And you don't have to dig it out of the earth. Was What was the liquid he was adding to? Well, Pit. he didn't get, you know, he was he was vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quite vague. With vague the is good, actually. Vague is good with a lot of things. He was, you know, what's her name? Elizabeth Holmes? Yeah. He was the Elizabeth Holmes of World War yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Henry Ford visited... At Farmington, along with Ford's New York manager in 1918, okay? So in a pref- press conference... Little... Okay, oh, cut, we cut that add that to the Hall of Fame, Bobby. Year is slip up. In a press conference in Farmington, <laughs> Long Island... Under a tarapellen in Paraguay. <laughs> he first asked the reporters to check that there was no supplementary tank in the car he had brought. So he goes, hey guys, check. There's no extra tank in the car. Then he asked one of the reporters to fetch him a bucket of water. Mm-hmm. He poured greenish liquid into water, filled a gas tank of the car with it. When the car started, it also emitted a strong smell of almonds. Enright invited witnesses to use it in their own vehicles. Enright admitted that the smell of almonds came from cyanide, but until his lawyers could patent the formula, he kept silent about it. He received millions of dollars, including $100,000, from Hiram Maxim, who said he would pay the rest when Enright would reveal his formula. So he tricked everyone. Was his formula gasoline? <laughs> no, he's, he's adding water to some mysterious green liquid, okay? Okay. Maxim reportedly later dropped the offer, but a banker named Yoakum offered him the same amount. Yoakum received a sealed envelope that supposedly contained the formula. When he heard a probably unfounded rumor that Enright was suspected of being a German spy, he opened the envelope, breaking his part of the agreement, and found only a couple of Liberty Bonds, which is nothing. Yeah. So Enright handed him an envelope saying, the formula's inside that envelope, Uh, but you're not allowed to open it. And he believed that. Yeah. And just didn't open the envelope for a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. Miller Reese Hutchinson, Hutchinson observed a demonstration given by Enright and concluded that an acetylene solution had been used. His own test was such a solution showed corrosion and other damage to the engine from using that kind of solution. So Hudson Maxim said the Hudson Munitions Company only had an option on the supposed fuel and wouldn't buy all the rights unless the tests were confirmed. So all these people are giving him money saying, hey, we want this fuel. But he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me some money and maybe I'll tell you what's in it. That's what he's doing with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then that guy, Hudson Maxson, came and said, I doubt this. But this went on for a while. Okay, so in 1920, he announced he he had a way to distill gasoline from peat. Again, he received another would-be investors, okay? However, district attorney of Nassau County investigated. He examined Enright's bank account and found that he had spent the money on gambling instead of benefiting the investors. <laughs> and a demonstration of the machine to produce naphtha, which is like, you know, I think how they get gasoline from Pete, it failed. So he blamed the failure on the machine having been dismantled and reassembled. However, the judge refused to allow further demonstrations in court. 
he was tried for grand larceny and sentenced to seven years in prison. So they didn't get him on his original lie. Mm -hmm. They got him on his second scam. He was paroled a couple years later for health reasons and died a year later at the age of 79. He never revealed the secret formula to anyone, nor what the greenish liquid was that he used in the demonstration. However, it is a fact that a mixed mixture of acetone, liquid, acetylene, and water will run a gasoline car motor, and the exhaust gas smells like cyanide. However, it will also prematurely corrode the engine and is much more expensive than gasoline. <laughs> so he hasn't created a solution. He's created a problem, really. He just created a scam. Yeah, basically. He scammed it and fucked all those people's cars up. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But it's a great scam. Mm-mm. It's just like, I love a scam where you're just saying, guys, I've invented a... It's Elizabeth, he's Elizabeth Holmes. He's yeah, just yeah. like, you see that she's not in jail yet. No, what, is she on house arrest or something? She's got sentenced, but she's waiting on a ruling where she might not go to jail mm -hmm. for her appeal, which will take years, and she just had a second child. Fuck. So, I mean, uh, you know. Should she go to jail? Yes. <laughs> she stole from rich white men. Yeah, that's the that worst, is, actually. No, that that's... is, that's the biggest crime. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 300 years, I think, would be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, listen, should she go? I don't know what the should is in terms of morality, but, I mean, everybody else has went to fucking jail for stealing a car. Yeah, you yeah. You know? She stole hundreds is, of you millions go, what, of dollars. What's jail's punishment? Jail's many things. You go, is, is it are you being taken off the streets because you're a danger, or is this punishment? Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know the answer to that. That depends mm. on your philosophy on can people change a prisoner? Why well, do you think they can? And we we watch that show, and they don't make any attempt to like make people better. You know what I mean? It's sort of you just throw a loaded guys in together and go. By the way, uh, someone might stab you at any point. Oh my god! Yeah, we were watching. We have to talk about it. We watched me and Red watched the show Parole together, mm -hmm. and it was it's a show, a great show on BBC. Yeah, about a documentary about people up for parole. Mm -hmm. And there was one woman who was up for parole, and they had put her in prison because she kept publicly trying to kill herself. Yeah. And she'd already, whenever she got drunk, she clearly had mental health issues of some kind. Her arms were covered in scars from self-harming. And I really empathize with this woman. Mm -hmm. And she was adopted like I am. She was adopted later when she was like three, which is usually very traumatic. If you're getting adopted at three, it means the first three years were not good. No, yeah, They course. were ba very bad. So, so she... Or it's bad because they were great, and then someone just went, I'm kind of done with this. Yeah, either way. Either way. But that's <laughs> never how it is. turn to you at Disneyland when you're in your little Ferrari nobody, car they bought you. And nobody went, ever I'm has done. a great time. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, uh, you're not as cute as you were. Goodbye. Yeah, there's zero, zero Disneyland or Ferrari beds, are there? So this girl, clearly, I mean, I would say she probably had similar issues. Like, she probably had, like, a personality disorder of some kind. Mm -hmm. And they put her in fucking jail for what? Was it 27 months for wasting police yeah, time? Yeah, for wasting police time. Because she kept going to like bridges where people were and saying, I'm going to jump off. And they're like, oh, you're fucking up traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to jail. jail. And the guy was like, I'm not sure we can let her out. And then she got out, had a glass of wine at a hostel after like three months. No, that wasn't her. Oh, was that? Oh, and then no, it was she alive. stayed sober. That was not her. That was another guy. She oh, was I thought she got put back nope. in because she got drunk and no, sad. No, we, we were joking <laughs> that if she, oh, okay. she was going to get sad and they'd put her in, in for yeah. life. 
They go, they'd have a tag on her that sense if she started crying and then she could get taken back to jail. Who was her fucking lawyer where she didn't get put in a psychiatric institution? Yeah, it's a Simpsons lawyer. Her lawyer was fucking awful. But not even an institute, just get her fucking help. Yeah. And her mum was like, well, I think jail's the best place for her. It's like, what, because she keeps ruining your dinner parties by being depressed? Yeah. Help this woman. Yeah, she... It was bad. And then there was some guys that were so just... Couldn't wait to reoffend, And you'd see them talking to the parole <laughs> officer. <laughs> and you'd, like, see in their eyes, they were, like, imagining eating the eyeballs of the person they're talking <laughs> There's to. There's a couple guys. Yeah, there is that guy who uh, he was he had been in for 13 years because he hit that woman with a claw hammer. And yeah, I, like, I don't know if 13 years is long enough. A guy friend. killed a woman and it was he'd been in 13 years and was up for parole, killed with a hammer. And it was like, this is what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, that doesn't feel like long enough. No, it really doesn't. Yeah, I. Uh... But it's a good show because you get to get involved and you sort of discuss whether you think then, you should. And then let you them get out. to be god of yeah, their lives. You get to imagine being in control yeah. of their lives. And the people, like it's a necessary part of life, I guess. But the people who are attracted to deciding whether or not someone gets out of jail are the most power hungry little oh, fucking all psychos. All ugly. They're either like frumpy women or like pedo looking old men. Oh, they were all. And the, the jobs worth people back to that woman, the woman, the sad lady, yeah, who I literally want to write a letter to, yeah, and just and say, say, Are you okay? Are you, yeah, are you all right? I mean, we could get on the pod, but I think that'd make her worse. You no, know? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like she deserves a nice, quiet life. It's so bad though. You watch this show and then you do get more, but it's like TV. I'm surprised Channel 5 haven't done like a family court. Where you get to vote who gets to keep the kids or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we're not as a society better than that show. No. I just didn't know you could go to jail for being sad. Yeah. Well, she obviously ruined quite a few, like, 40th birthdays. Few glasses of vino and someone just called the police. They're like, she will not stop crying. Like, if okay, look, <laughs> I get that, like, if somebody keeps going onto a bridge or walking into yeah, traffic. Yeah, that's not good. It can fuck up the world, but also, like... It's a minor inconvenience. It's, it's And she's going through hell, and jail's not good for No her. one is ever mm. going anywhere they really want to go. No. You know what I mean? Whenever someone's like, oh, I'm late for work because of these protesters. It's like, you hate work, and now you have a great excuse to be late. Yeah. What mm. is the problem? How many people are actually passionate about what they're doing in their life? Mm. Delay me. Let me sit in my car and call and say... I can't make it. Yeah. Fine. But also, it's like, she has obviously self-esteem issues, massive mental health problems. It's like, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll put her on trial and then put her in a <laughs> <And> box. publicly <laughs> shame her. Throw her in the box. She's feeling down. Put her in the box. <laughs> Maybe they're just tired of her and thinking, okay, well, if, if we do it this much to her, she'll just finally, like, end herself. Kill us. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, get rid yeah. of the problem. I mean, mm. well, she. the good news was she didn't. And she quit. Alcohol was her trigger. Yeah. She quit drinking. Yeah. And seemingly from the mm. end of the dock is okay. Mm -hmm. And Staying I, out of trouble of the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hasn't committed any crimes like being sad lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get sad one more fucking time, I'm going to put you in this box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of people are we? She's like, I just feel like there's no love in the world and people are horrible. Into prison you go. Yeah, it's fucking bleak.
Very, very bleak. So in nineteen sixteen we got Hitler at war as well, wasn't he? He was he was amongst the troops. Corporal Hitler. Was he a corporal? Yeah, he got to corporal. There was rumours that he had uh, sex with a man in the trenches. A guy years later claimed to have like wanked him off in the trenches, which I would have kept to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would kiss and tell on Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would keep my head down. Probably. Yeah, but then everyone goes, "Oh, maybe he was gay. That's why the Hollies." Like, That's such a leap. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, a big what leap. are you talking about? Lots of people are gay. Oh, I get it. He got wanked off by. That's why all the people died. Yeah. What? In 1916. Mm-hmm. Mary, a circus elephant, is hanged in the town of Irwin, Tennessee, for killing her handler, Walter fucking Red Elridge. Hanged. Hanged. <laughs> they hanged a fucking elephant. I mean, that's uh... before we even get in this story. The logistics of hanging yeah. an elephant that not would take easy. So many people to plan. Yes. And how do they? What do they use? Just sort of. I'm assuming, well, it's, before we know, let's guess. I guess a thick, thick rope? Even that's not enough. Chains? <laughs> You'd think loads of chains, maybe? Why couldn't they shoot it? Well, they really wanted to let the elephant know it had done bad. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted want it to be quick. Somebody needed a project. Yeah. I think. And I, you know, like, trophy hunters is fucking horrible, obviously. But if someone was posing with an elephant they just hanged, you'd almost go, I mean, fair enough. That's so much work. (laughs) You were asking how it happened. Now, there is a photograph purportedly of the execution. The authenticity has been called in question. They're not sure if it's actually a photograph of the execution, but I will show it to you. I mean, you should have taken a photo if you were there. That's so horrible. That's the end (laughs) of times. (laughs) So for the listeners, there's like a crane. And the elephant's just sort of hanging off it. In fact, if you drove past that, you'd think it was like a plimp for an advertising board. But it's a real elephant. And that's unfortunately what happens when you kill your boss. They gave her the nickname Murderous Mary. (laughs) But it's just probably just accidentally kicked a fucking owner. Well, we'll find out. She was a five-ton Asian elephant. That's a big, she's a big girl. Very fat. Well, she's she's not fat. She's an probably average size for an elephant. Well, she's an elephant, yeah. She performed in the Sparks World Famous Show Circus. Mm-hmm. So, on September 11th, 1916, a bad day even in 1916. Bad day for elephants, bad day for buildings and human beings. A homeless man named Red Elridge. Red? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Another Red. A homeless man. <laughs> Your name is linked with uh, <laughs> gr- great. I really hope that's who you were named after. Yeah, it was a homeless man. Right there here. was a homeless man that got kicked to death by an elephant. Well, it's not far off the Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Drunk, it gets beaten to death by Clint Eastwood. And that's what <laughs> I was named after. So not he's in his lineage, this guy. So he landed a job as a transient hotel clerk, and then he was hired as an elephant keeper by Sparks World Famous Circus. Mm-hmm. And he was killed by Mary in Sullivan County, Tennessee, the following evening. Although completely unqualified, he led the elephant parade riding atop Mary's back. So he had he didn't have any training with no, elephants. No, no, no. He was so he was super new to the circus. They put him on a fucking elephant's back, which is not the elephant's fault. No, not at all. That's his fault. Yeah. And their well, that's their fault. And he's homeless, so he's like, I'll do anything for money. Yeah. Mary is the star of the show, probably the biggest elephant. 
and walking at the front. There were several accounts of his death. One, recounted by a guy named W.H. Coleman, claimed to be a witness, is that he prodded her behind the ear with a hook mm. after she reached down to nibble on a watermelon. Well, it sounds like he she was being abused and then... Yeah, so he, he, this fucking homeless guy stabs her in the ear with a hook. <laughs> she went into a rage, snatched Elridge with her trunk, threw him against a drink stand, and stepped on his head, crushing it. <laughs> yeah, but like... Death by hanging. He deserved it. Yeah. If you fucking po, If you stab of an course, elephant yeah, yeah, yeah. and the elephant just grabs you, throws you in the ground, and stomps on your head, that's awesome. Mm -mm. That elephant, that should be the trick. That elephant should have been killed. That elephant should have just went down to town, and they picked the least like... The least liked resident of that town and then mary gets to stomp on that guy's yeah, head yeah 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 <laughs> and then eat him and then mm. it's a cannibal elephant yeah yeah world famous cannibal elephant don't kill mary let her kill the bad people but also the hanging there must be an appointment people just went what are we doing another account said that mary collided her trunk about his body lifted him 10 feet in the air, then dashed him with fury to the ground, and with the full force of her beastly fury, sunk her giant tusks entirely through his body. I mean, I feel like they're really being anti-Mary here. I don't know if that's what mm -hmm, happened. Mm -hmm. The animal then trampled the dying Elridge as if seeking a murderous triumph. <laughs> then, with a sudden swing of her massive foot, hurled his body into the crowd. What a show. <laughs> yeah, They came a, for a show. Yeah, no. They got a fucking show. <laughs> that is, a Say thing. anything about Mary. She's a professional and she knows what the crowd wants. It's like the Russell Crowe gladiator bit. He throws his sword into... Are you not entertained? Yeah. Yeah. Is this not why you're here? I, I would have been entertained. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. No, that's like when they're watching a sad elephant be walked around a few times. That's like when the bull kills the what are they called? Matador. The matador. Yeah, that's the that's is that was the equivalent. Mm. Completely fair. I watched a uh, shark attack documentary the other day again, and uh, this woman, like the mum of the victim, was like, you know, he wouldn't have wanted any shark. He loved the sea and was aware, and wouldn't have wanted any harm to come to sharks. It's like. Yeah, that was before he got bitten. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't know how he would have felt in his last couple minutes. Yeah, his last 10 seconds was probably like... Fuck sharks. Him trying to stick his thumb into the shark's eye and get to his brain, you know? Yeah. And be like, I hope someone fucking kills you. There's a site, uh, a page on Instagram called Taurons of Yellowstone. And it's about dumb idiots interacting with animals. And so it's always like people approaching grizzly bears and yeah. stuff because they're stupid. You know, a lot of people... Think because they have teddy bears as a kid, they don't. They think bears are like that, so they like walk. It's a huge problem in America where they will like walk up to them and be like, "I'm gonna pat this bear," or look how cute the baby bear is. Because if you see a baby bear, you're dead because the mum's somewhere. Unless it's an orphan, then you're in for a good. You gotta time. hope it's an orphan yeah. bear. Where's mummy? Oh, she's dead. Good. Um, and then you get to stroke it and whatever. I, well, have, I'm, have, I'm an eternal do what you optimist. want with it. I'd always hope it's an orphan, and I'd play with it, and then I'd get eaten. Yeah, and you just hear. So let's talk about Mary's killing. The elephant was hanged by the neck from a rail car mounted industrial derrick between four o'clock and five o'clock. The first attempt resulted in a snapped chain, causing of Mary to fall did. and break her hip. 
as dozens of children fled in terror. Of course, this is horrible. The severely wounded elephant died during a second attempt and was buried beside the tracks. The veterinarian examined Mary after the hanging and determined she had a severely infected tooth in the precise spot where Eldritch had prodded her. The authenticity of a widely distributed photo of her death was disputed, so they're not sure about the photo. But yeah, he poked her infected tooth and he, she... Yeah. What a fucking cunt. <laughs> okay, wait, I missed this part. I missed the part where right after she kills him, but before she's executed, which is fascinating and fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. So most accounts indicate that she calmed down afterwards, did not charge the onlookers, who began chanting, Kill the elephant! Let's kill it! Within minutes, local blacksmith Henchcox tried to kill Mary, firing five rounds with little effect. Meanwhile, the leaders of several nearby towns threatened not to allow the circus to visit if Mary was included. Well, I get where they're coming from. So they're no platforming Mary. They, they, they no plat. They canceled Mary. Yeah. You kill one guy yeah. and you're not allowed to be around people That's anymore. That's not good. That's not good. This is uh, woke culture happening in 1916. Wow. Wow. Meanwhile, so the circus owner. Charlie Sparks reluctantly decided the only way to quickly resolve the potentially ruinous situation was to kill the wounded elephant in public. I don't know if that's the only way. <laughs> that was the choice you made, but that's not necessarily the only way. Yeah, yeah. On the following day, a foggy and rainy September 13th, Mary was transported by rail car. To Unicoil, Tennessee, where a crowd of 2,500 people, including Fucking most hell. of the town's children, assembled to watch. That's so bad. If you think how many people would come and watch us The real question, though, is did they charge? Like, it's oh, of course. they're carnies. Did merch. they charge oh, there was to watch people hang the elephant? Definitely. They'd Definitely. Like, I want a scent from everybody here. But what's funny is it was their elephant, and now they're like, hey, buddy, thanks for all the good years, and we're now going to charge to... To you killed. Oh, uh, it's like my. Fa I've told you about my favorite movie. Like you ever, you never saw the Coen Brothers movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I didn't like that. You didn't watch it all though, did you? I was me and you watched together and didn't like it. No, but the one where the the chicken. Yeah, that was. We so, loved that. That one. was such a metaphor for Show entertainment. Business. Yeah, because uh, yeah, remember it's like it's a guy. And he's got no arms and no legs. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's taking him town to town. And mm -hmm. he does Shakespeare amazingly with no arms, no legs. And everyone likes it. Liam Neeson makes his money and, like, feeds him. And the, the, the relationship is unclear. At first, you think it's his son. But then you realize maybe bottom, like, it's fucking dark. Yeah, yeah. And then one day, he's losing money to a chicken who mm -hmm. can count. Yeah. And that's not good. For the no arms, no legs guy who performs Shakespeare because this chicken can count and he's taken the crowds in every town. So Liam Neeson buys the chicken and they think, oh, what's he going to do with the no arms, no legs guy? And he throws him off a fucking bridge. Throws, stops the car, pulls him out, throws him off a giant bridge. Well, we don't know that he, you don't see him get thrown off the bridge. You see Liam Neeson go to the bridge with him, come back without him. You don't need much. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I would just like to state for the record, I am against throwing anyone off a bridge. But that's what show business is. Yes. One minute, you're everyone's favorite elephant. The next minute, you're being hung from a crane because yeah. 
you know, a video resurfaced of you killing a man. <laughs> but no, that is, you're going to be replaced by a chicken at some point, you know? That can count, yeah. And that's the worst thing. We don't know. You know, there's a little shit out there now. He's probably 14 years old. And he's going to take our fucking everything with something. We'll go, this guy sucks. He'll be like the rollerblading comedian. And we'll be thrown off a bridge. Hopefully, well, maybe actually metaphorically worse. Maybe we've already worse. been thrown off the bridge. Maybe we we're just know. bashing our heads against the uh, the stones. We, yeah. We're stuck in the... Uh, <laughs> we're just being circulated around the river bed with our heads just cracking against the stone. And that's where we've always been. Who knows? I was never, never even as hot as the armless man doing Shakespeare, you know? So, Red, I save this one for the end. Okay. Because I knew it would terrify you, and I didn't want you to, like, piss yourself and shake. Okay. During, you know, and then have to sit in your own piss. Okay, I don't want that. So, in 1916... Jersey Shore shark attacks. I know this, the inspiration for Jaws. Yeah, at least one shark attack mm -hmm. killed five swimmers along an 80-mile stretch of the New Jersey coastline, resulting yep. in four deaths and the survival of one youth who required limb amputation. Yep. This event was the inspiration for author Peter Benchley <laughs> yep. over a half a century later to write Jaws. Jo Jody, just because <laughs> I, no, I was expecting a really a difficult word. name there, and then what, it was Peter Benchley. Benchley. <laughs> I know, yeah, you thought he was going to say like Sunty Zoo or no, something. Like <laughs> Sung, did you just say Sung Zoo, the yeah. art of war, the yeah, art of Peter <laughs> Benchley. Okay, okay. David Beckham. <laughs> that wouldn't be his name. Would be less cool if he said Beckham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know about this. You know, one of them was in a river at one point. They. A uh, bull shark, some kids, they're swimming in this river. And bull sharks can obviously be in fresh water. And he just got like ripped apart in front of his friends by this bull shark. It's absolute chaos. It's carnage. Again, we've talked about this so many times. Sharks are a huge issue. Shark attacks happen all the time, and it's always covered up. Australians are the biggest liars in the world. They're like Fred and Rose West kids uh, or something. You know, they're well, like... The ones who lived. <laughs> they're not like, no, mum and dad were great. No, I tell you what they're like. They're like Fritzl's wife, Australians. Yeah. They're like, there's nothing down there. I don't know anything. You know, they're like, there's no sharks. It's fine. Every fucking week I Google shark attacks Australia. <laughs> Guess what's happened? Someone's died. But we, they're I, lying to us. I've asked you this, but how old were you when you saw Jaws? Because your Very fear young. of sharks is insane. Yeah, big time. You don't even live near water. I know, I know, but I'm very scared of them. Because we're being lied to. And it's just bollocks. They're like, oh, it's so the chance of it happening. You're more likely to get, you know, fucking electrocuted by a toaster. And you're like, yeah, but I use a toaster every day. You know, of course I'm, you come into contact with it. And plus, I'd rather die making toast than bleed out in salt water being eaten by a monster. <laughs> and I love it that humans' arrogance when they go, they don't think it's us. As if a shark gives a shit. They see an object, they bite it, you know? Yeah. And they go, no, they just take a bite and then go away. That's not also, that's also a lie. It's shark propaganda. Sharks <laughs> bite you, let you bleed out, and then come back and get you because they're cowards. And they don't want to be a, a, injured in the assault. They're not cowards, they're smart. That's they're exactly smart. how I'd kill. Yeah, very good. <laughs> that is exactly how I'd kill. But what you, you don't have sharp enough teeth, so you take a little bite of someone's ear and they'd be like, ow, and then you come no. back 10 minutes later. I'd have a very short knife. I'd, I'd cut behind your leg, between you behind your knee, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's some ten, there's some like tendons there. So I'd run up in the dead of night, if you're walking, I'd slice you this behind the knee. This is too real to be funny. Really deep. <laughs> 
um, then I'd run away. But what I would do is um, then I'd wait till morning because while you bled out from that unsealable wound, I could follow the trail of blood and wait for you to be very weak or dead and then either kill you once you've lost so you're like too a much blood dragon, to fight basically. back or you're just dead and then I eat you. Yeah. That's how I would kill humans. Okay. You don't have to kill the human. You just have to. You just have to injure them enough that, you know, poke a big enough hole in the blood bag that they can't seal the. You hole. know how I'd kill a human? How I wouldn't, because they're all. Everyone deserves love and respect. And that's how we're going to end today. <laughs> I want to quickly say I was on uh, Instagram stories, just scrolling through reels, and someone put up a video of a Komodo dragon eating a baby deer running up behind it and attacking it. And I just thought, thanks, you've just ruined my day. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, the, 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 the idea that sharks go, oh God, it was a human being. I'm such an idiot. I thought it was a seal. It's like, it doesn't matter. You're in the fucking water. It's going to bite you. They bite lifeguard rings, anything. They just, they are, you know, they're not like, oh my God, I didn't know it was a sentient thinking human being with Instagram and TikTok and a mortgage. I feel so bad now. They don't care. And you just admit they're dangerous and wild animals. You can still love them, but don't pretend. Red, mm? I've learned a lot today that I am a shark, actually. And yeah. my instincts are very shark-like. So Solitary, um, vicious, mean. And a coward. And a coward. And I know how I kill now. I've really thought about it. And mm. I really, if there's ever any kind of apocalypse, I totally know how I'm going to kill people. So. Have you read a book, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls? No. No. But it's true. They talk about how Jaws ruined the film industry because it was the first. There was a spree of like The Godfather, Mean Street, Scorsese, all these people, auteurs of the 70s making these awesome, awesome, interesting movies where it wasn't like, so who's the chick and who's going to get the chick at the end and stuff like that. Yeah. And so there was all these people making these brilliant films. Um, Taxi Driver, I think came out the same year as Jaws or something, but then Jaws came along and it was like the blockbuster model and it just, after that, everything became, you know, if you look at cinema after that. It was merchandising as well. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars, Jurassic Park. But Jaws brought along merchandising, there was merchandising. Oh, I didn't know that, thing. but it brought along the blockbuster mm. of, you know, I mean, before you had like Ben-Hur and stuff, but this brought along like... Uh, no, well, uh, the new age It ended, yeah. and to be fair, the O2, there's a lot of like... Why is this scene 45 minutes long? Like The Godfather. I love it, though. Like, I still love I it. I do. But it's the opposite of TikTok content, isn't it? Now I find myself where I'm like, I send reels to Josh Weller, who's a, a real expert, and he goes, cut out 20 seconds long. I'm like, it's 40 seconds long. He's like, yeah, they're all these interests. like, how, what the fuck am I, like, I cut out my joke where it's like, I make a two-minute joke, 20 seconds, to feed the pigs on the algorithm. I'm glad we're ending by red talking about the algorithm. I, I found a natural end a couple minutes ago okay, yeah. that was on topic, and Red wanted to stop to talk about his career, so yeah, we've done okay. that. Thank you. Uh, and this is, kids in 1916, they did not have to worry about the algorithm. That's all I'm going to say. We've got a great story on the Patreon if you're a we subscriber. We actually do. Who's it from? Um, Sophie, I believe. Sophie's written in. Thank you to... Christopher, Matthew, Spencer. Our super genius patron. Thank you to all our patrons. Thank you to our normal listener. Normal. You're and Patreons, we got a hot one. So tune in. All right. That's it. Goodbye. Bye. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, 
Jody, and also I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's uh, it's very catchy, it's very nice. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks to Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller, Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of the year is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.